Okay, good, just checking. Only the best for our audiences. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the Seattle area, my guest almost needs no introduction, but I will do my best at trying to do this some justice. He is the founding guitarist of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group Heart. He has played in almost every major city in North America. He has also toured Europe, Japan, Australia, Uzbekistan, and Russia, and performed at massive events in the Czech Republic, Japan, Canada, and of course the United States. For as many as 280,000 people at a single rock show. Wow. He has appeared on a multitude of television shows, including Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, and television broadcasts for more than 60 million people in Europe. You know his signature guitar intro to the internationally known song Barracuda. You've been hearing a song called The Bridge from his just-released album Raj and the Tribe Live 1. I am most honored to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Roger Fisher. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Uh, would you pronounce your last name for me? <laughs> Warzniak. Warzniak. Yeah, it's almost is that Polish. It, it is, and it's almost as long as that introduction. <laughs> 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 well, Roger, wow, I'm I'm really thrilled to have you on the show. Many many thanks. Well, honored to be here. Um, before I get too carried away here, even though I was talking over it, let's make sure that we first have you tell the listeners about the song "The Bridge." That was just playing. Well, God, there's, you know, there's stories behind all these songs. <laughs> this story, I don't know how long uh, I should go, but to try to put it in a bit of a nutshell, a very good friend of mine who has now died from cancer, uh, and I were on the phone. He was living in New York City at the time, and I said, Jack, his name is Jack Middleman, Jack, you should come on out, man. I'm going to go out to the country tomorrow. Uh, hop on a plane, and I'll pick you up at the airport. <clears throat> so he did. And uh, <laughs> from New York City, he found himself in a yurt in the middle of uh, just acres and acres and acres of woods. And it was real culture shock for him. <laughs> but the next morning, we uh, we got up and, and uh, had breakfast and smoked a joint and sat down <clears throat> and started writing this music. To this song and oh i just loved the music and i thought wow what a what a wonderful statement this is i wonder i wonder what this means uh, lyrically <clears throat> and so what i like to do in some situations is if you've got the music first then just really be quiet and let let it do to you what that music should do to you and mm-hmm. let it write the lyrics to the song and it occurred to me that in uh, in today's world, we encounter so much uh, uh, premature death, you know, from cancer and various diseases Indeed. and stuff. That people really need a song that kind of uh, is a a musical segue from this life to the next place we go, and that's. That's what the bridge is. Very nice, nicely said, and 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 I like I like the concept too. I, I've, you know, as as all good songwriting should be, uh, you know, some some uh, some visual furniture, if you will, 
Um, I, I, I can I can see you know the picture that you're painting there with with the description that that you gave of, of what the song is supposed to be. So uh, no surprise, but but nicely said. Um, so Roger, you know I usually have a, a whole list of questions for my guest every week for over a year and a half now, but for the first time, I'm really tempted to almost just say very little and just have you take the reins. There's there's so much to talk about in terms of what you're doing now. So I guess first, just tell the listeners about the Fisher Brothers and the Human Tribe. Who you know, who all is involved? Uh, how this group of individuals got together? Right, 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 right. Well, you know, putting together a band is such uh, an interesting uh, challenge. What I did was I started playing at a little nightclub in the town where I live, Monroe, uh, every. Sunday night, and I would I would have all kinds of guests come and sit in, and and there was a very little agenda. We would wing it a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I I would see uh, how different musicians would react to different situations. I would I would take the pulse of their personalities and see how they clicked with me and the other mm. people that I thought thought might be in the band. And after a while, this cream of the crop emerged that became this band and then we carefully added on a few other characters that we knew were stellar and so uh we have uh, a great rock solid drummer rick boyce who's also from this area and uh uh, and uh, a keyboard player named marty hoyle it's also from the area and those two guys are longtime friends of him been playing together a long time so they've really got a vibe between them Mm -hmm. and the vibe that they have is very similar to mine because we grew up going to the same schools and stuff Mm. so then uh i was very fortunate to meet uh, a percussionist named gordy ryan who played with babatunde olatunji for 28 years and most people don't know who that is but he's a very (laughs) important man who came from nigeria and brought african percussion to the united states and introduced it uh, on a large scale in 1959, he had a five million selling album in mm. 1959. Yeah, drums of passion, very important guy. And so this percussionist is just a sweetheart and and really good at what he does. And then uh, <laughs> uh, uh, just a real, uh, real solid friend and person that I've been playing with for like six years now, who I discovered by playing at that little nightclub. Rachel Beaver, a cellist, one day we asked her to sing Barracuda, and she knocked our socks off. We didn't know, we didn't know she could sing, and she just blew our minds. So now uh, we, we do covers of heart songs. Uh, they're not exactly covers. We reinvent heart songs, and mm-hmm. she sings them, and she, she more than does them justice. <clears throat> then we have a uh, world-class lead vocalist, by the name of Beth Quist, a uh, multi-instrumentalist for uh, octave range. She played with Cirque du Soleil for, for quite a while. Jeez, uh, just just an amazing musician and, and performer. Uh, so I think that's every Yeah, that's everybody. Well, you so know, we, I, we, I, I can hear in your voice, you know, just the, the sheer delight that you have in, in those that you have surrounded you with, and, and obviously the, the confidence in, in who you chose. And obviously that in itself goes a long way towards getting on stage with all them and making music together because you, you put them through this trial run. I, I wonder, well, two questions. When, when you were playing at this nightclub, uh, was your brother playing with you? And, and then secondly, did these people know, or, or, or was it just kind of you and your brother knew that, you know, we're, we're quote-unquote auditioning them? My brother would come <clears throat> uh, fairly often. Uh, it was kind of tortuous for him to come and, and see me there because it was a challenged venue uh, sonically, mm. and it was it was very very small, uh, and so it wasn't terribly exciting. But uh, no, the musicians none of the musicians knew that I was auditioning them mm-hmm. for uh, for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a there's a 48 minute video on your YouTube channel that we're going to be talking about and and sending the listeners to to go watch. But for now, uh, Roger, wow, 
you know, obviously I, I watched it and, and <laughs> some some deep, deep stuff. Uh, I, I wonder what what is the tone here? What is the, the influence? What inspired what you're writing and putting out now? In 1995, uh, <clears throat> I came to a crossroads in my life where I realized that I, everything I was doing musically was either for money or a kind of, some kind of self-oriented reason or purpose or motiv- motivation. And I just thought, man, that's not right. And I, I prayed for guidance. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't call myself a Christian, but I have a very clear uh, and present relationship with my creator, our creator, and I get results when I pray. And God, within a couple of weeks, I got the inspiration for the One Vision Project, uh, a four-album concept where each album covers one quarter of a big picture. And uh, I also got the uh, the inspiration that told me, I sh- this isn't about me. This is about what can I give to, you know, anybody else. And music isn't about self-serving. If, if, if a person uses music for self-serving, they're probably going to get hurt somehow. And uh, at that point, I dedicated my life to uh, serving humanity rather than serving myself. And uh, so then, ever since then, every song has been intended to uplift, inspire, uh, enlighten, do anything positive I can for the listener, because we need help. Humanity really needs help. Uh, it became clear to me that we are doomed if we continue on our present path with most of the icebergs, uh, most of the uh, glaciers on the planet, and both polar regions melting rapidly. Uh, with pandemics, uh, you know, completely possible at any time, uh, with the possibility of, of earthquakes combined synergistically with these other things that are going on, uh, I thought, man, what can one person do? And and I thought that the best thing that any one person can do is be part of a movement. Mm-hmm. Uh Individually, we are, you know, fairly weak and powerless. But when we join a movement, all of a sudden, we are empowered, and we are part of something big that that we can uh, devote ourselves to and, uh, and our energy and time. <clears throat> so uh, that became my my life and and still is and so okay. my brother yeah. and I work really yeah I, I was going to yeah. ask you that because you mentioned 1995 and I thought well this is a fascinating story but it was also 20 years ago but clearly you let that impact you to the point of you know this is going to be a complete shift for me now this is you talking to yourself I, I'm going to put this on a different axis and from this point forward I'm operating in in this direction like you said that you know the people that are self serving are in in my opinion you're right either going to get hurt or they're just not going to go far uh, or or both. Um, so you decided, hey, I, you know, I just received this gift where I was blessed to know this idea of this is where I need to be. And so you did the right thing, which is, and I hate to use the old cliche, pay it forward, but you decided, you know, I've, I've got to start something here. And, and it does start with one person, you know, and, and then there's that expression about, you know, they tell two friends and they tell two friends. And uh, and so it's, it's, it's led you on what sounds like a 20-year journey that, you know, it's, it's just a completely new mindset that you adopted in 1995. Right. And the project is so large, uh, you don't know <laughs> all of what <laughs> Mike and I have, have planned. But it's so large that we had to uh, look at it from a, a distance and treat this first album uh, as one part of a, a large concept. So as the other albums come out in the future, they will be dovetailed 
in many ways on many levels with the first album. The first album is all told, but we didn't just want to put out a first album. We, we wanted to have some kind of reintroduction of Raj to the, to the world to, because nobody knows who Roger Fisher is. I mean, in, I'm, I'm such a, a well-kept secret in the in the music business i i love it and i think it's hilarious but it's time <laughs> but it's it's time to come out you know and and so we made a live album from uh mostly from a show we did on may 29th <clears throat> and uh well we love it we think it's great we think it's one of the the hottest things uh out there right now and so we're putting out this live album uh it'll be uh, it's available now at my website, rogerfisher.com, but it'll be available, uh, you know, en masse very soon. Well, and then all told, all ahead. told will come out on all told will come out officially on Halloween. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, to, just to fill the listeners in here and connect the dots. Um, so the, the, the four album package listeners is, is entitled one vision. Uh, and, and the first of which, is all told. And and honestly, Roger, you know, st- speaking strictly from a music business standpoint, and I don't know uh, what percentage, I'm going to call you out on it if you tell me 0%, but I, I, you know, from a music business standpoint, I like the idea because, you know, marketing-wise, it tells people, well, this is great. All Told is a, is a super first album. I can't wait for the next three. And it keeps them constantly looking for, you know, for all four albums uh, to, you know, collect the whole series, as, as they would say on television. So I don't know what percentage of your plan was, hey, this is also a great approach from marketing-wise, um, but, you know, it, it, it works for me. And as, as, uh, as an old colleague of mine used to say, you know, my opinion in 25 cents will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think there is a, a heck of a lot of uh, business wisdom behind this. And uh, it's, it's never been done before what we're doing. And that's always, I mean, that's not always good, but it's worth a try. It's, <laughs> it's brave. It's, a shot, it's brave. Though. It's brave. It's it's like exactly. you know, it's it's like you said before of being the one to start to to start a movement. You're the one saying, well, you know what? I don't think this has been done before, so I'm going to step out and I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. And for a 65 year old uh, fossilizing codger <laughs> to to have to have the, the 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 balls to think that he can be accepted at all in today's marketplace is absurd, let alone uh, what we're trying to do. So I, I, I just have to uh, laugh. <laughs> well, but I commend you for that because obviously, uh, you know, you're drinking from the fountain of youth. You, you're intending to, to play, a, you know, a, a good number of, of live shows, you know, for years to come and, and to go ahead and, and start, start a four album package uh, with, with the first one just coming out. In, in the end of October, uh, at the tender age of sixty-five, I, I, I applaud you. I, you know what? What's to say that you that you have to hang it up? You know, I mean, the the fire is still burning. You've got a great group of musicians around you. You know, there's no question. Uh, you know that that you've still got um, everything that everyone knows you to be in terms of being a guitarist. So, you know, why? I wouldn't ask the question why is he doing this. I would say why not? Yeah, and the beauty of it is that. When I left Hart in 1979, I immediately built a good studio in my home and started writing and recording and developing my ability to be a, a lead vocalist. And wow, I've got a lot of songs in the can. And so we, we have a lot of material to choose from for the remaining three albums. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and that's a huge advantage. Obviously, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but, you know, to... to embark on something of this nature and, and probably have, you know, uh, I don't want to say somewhat of an aggressive timetable, but uh, I'm, I know you're not going to do this over the, over the course of, you know, 12 years. Um, so to be able to just draw from this pool of all these songs that are already written and not have to sit around and say, okay, the clock is ticking, let's start writing. That's, you know, that's certainly a huge advantage that most people would not have. They release an album and they say, okay, you know, i got to set a timetable for my next one. And then they start scratching their head and put the pen to paper for song number one of the next album. <laughs> right, exactly. I really appreciate the fact, Bruce, that you uh, orient uh, a lot of what you do to aspiring singers, songwriters, musicians. Uh, that's great. Thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, you know, it's 
it's it's guests like yourself that I know have a lot of wisdom to share with them, and and that can relate to to where they are in terms of when you were at that point in your career. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just here to to connect the guest with the listeners. Uh, sometimes I get in the way, and I apologize for that. But um, you know, it's it's uh, one thing to learn uh, from a book, and certainly uh, classes and things of that nature are helpful. But you know, to hear it right from the people who are out there doing, you know, what you're trying to do to me is a, uh, is a great, is a great, uh, resource. Right. I am Bruce Wozniak and joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from the Seattle area is singer, songwriter, guitarist, Roger Fisher. He is the founding guitarist of rock and roll hall of fame band heart. Check out his official website at www.rogerfisher.com. And yes, he is on social media too. There are links on his website to connect with Roger on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, do purchase his music and keep up with Roger online and through his mailing list so you can see where and when he will be performing live. And of course, as he just mentioned, information about when the albums are being released, of course, October 31st, the official release date for All Told. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's spelled H-E-A-R, as in you hear with your ear. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And the big news of late, there is now an Instagram account just for this show. Please follow on Instagram at nowhearthisentertainment. There are pictures of guests being posted on there and pictures from NHTE interviews that get conducted right here inside Crystal Blue Sound Studios. And certainly just a big, big thanks to all those who are not first-time listeners. I'm very grateful for all of you who continue to listen to the show. I'm so amazed to see where in the world some of you are listening from. We're just at about 90 countries. I saw Lebanon checking in today. Just amazing. Uh, so, Roger, is there a timetable? I, I, I said I wouldn't imagine it would be 12 years, but is there a timetable for the other three albums in the One Vision series? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brother and I, uh, well, you know, the, uh, the other really important partner in the band is my brother Mike, a.k.a. the Magic Man. Uh, our experience working on this project and trying to get the all told album out has made it very clear that we're not going to put dates on things unless we are really confident that it's getting close to release time. Uh, because we have a high standard of quality that we adhere to. And man, that dictates sometimes that you, you just scratch the two weeks of work you just did and start over with a, a different idea, a different perspective, a different take on an idea. And that kind of mentality pushes things back again and again and again. But what the final product is, is, uh, is pretty special because we, we try as hard as we can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder though, what about, you know, it doesn't sound like there's urgency, but I, I guess, uh, you know, for, for the young listeners, um, is there not some level of needing to set accountability that way uh, a young artist doesn't say, well, I'm working on my new album and all of a sudden it's two years later and their album is finally coming out. Is, is there any, anything you could speak to? I mean, I know it's, kind of, it's running counter to what you're saying that, no, we don't have a timetable for the other three albums, but uh, is it prudent? Um, or, or maybe you're here to say, no, you know, take your time and, and when, when the finished product is ready, um, you know, put out what's best because it's best and not because it's a certain date. Well, it's up to the individual. You, do, you know, they can do whatever they want, <clears throat> whatever they choose. In our case, uh, you know, it's kind of like you look at a forest, you're out in the forest, you're going for a walk, and you see a tree that has grown up, and then it suddenly has a right-angle bend parallel to the ground, and then it grows up straight again. So you think, wow, that's a perfect place to go sit with with my, uh, my girlfriend or whatever. But 
the reality of why that tree is like that is because at some point when it was a little tree, uh, a, another tree fell on it. And it had to uh, grow parallel to the ground for a while before it could start growing up again. But because of that, it became this really special, beautiful tree. And the tree that fell on it, meanwhile, has rotted away. So all you see is this perfectly bent tree. But that tree is really special. And it was created uh, out of the context of its environment. Which is what we, which is what we do. Which is how our art is is created. It's uh, it's uh, the result of and in reaction to what's going on in the world. And sometimes, you know, what's going on in the world is completely uh, unexpected and inconvenient. For instance, uh, Seattle is scheduled to have a. Uh, a nine magnitude earthquake at any moment. Wow! If that if that happens, you know our album might be put off a little <laughs> bit longer. I would think so. so they, I would think so. Yeah, but it, uh, my my advice though to uh, <clears throat> musicians who are working on projects is that it's it's history. You're, you're creating a little bit of history, uh, and you should do it right. And if that means spending five more months working on your ability to sing well, then you do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Something about your uh, your tree story. I don't know. It, it, it harkened back to the scene in uh, in Fred Claus when uh, Kevin Spacey um, talks to Vince Vaughn about uh, you know a tree having to grow in the in the shadow of another one, and the analogy was was to a, a young brother. Uh, having to live in the Big Brother's shadow, um, but you know, regarding w- what you're saying in terms of uh, you know the, the art world and and what's being created, I mentioned the 48 minute making of all told video that's on YouTube, uh, and and I must say, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm an old uh, ELO fan uh, from days gone by, and and uh, really enjoyed watching the the Jeff Lynne's ELO concert that was broadcast recently and and so some of what i saw at the beginning of that making of all told video of yours uh felt electric light orchestra ask um can you can you talk about just that actual video itself who actually did the production on it how long did it take to put it together who did the concept the storyboard those types of things well let's see we had a a graphic animator do all the graphic stuff. A guy named Gary Thompson, really great guy, good drummer. Uh, and then pretty much everything else, uh, I edited with, with Mike's help. Wow. And then we have a, we have a great videographer who has, uh, uh, devoted himself to our project. And he, he's, he shot a lot of what you see. And and then I shoot a fair amount of it myself, hmm. but uh, I'm coming out with a, a a music instruction series called Beyond Guitar, where it talks about it's uh, it's kind of a joy and and kind of a sacrifice at the same time in today's world where uh, it's so competitive that it's 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 almost no longer enough to to merely be a musician. Mm-hmm. It's wise to be a social uh, interactive person uh, a video editor a, a, you know a cameraman and all, all, you, if you can wear several hats uh, it can detract from your music but it can add to your career so uh, way back in the 70s I bought professional video gear to start capturing heart at behind the scenes stuff because I always had a fascination in that and that that never stopped. So I have so much content uh, regarding the behind the scenes of my life and and uh, all that goes on over here on the West Coast uh, regarding our band that uh, at one point I had to become a video editor. And so mm. I, there was so much joy uh, involved with that because it takes many hours to become good at it at all. <clears throat> and so it to me became like playing guitar. So now my new instrument is video editing. You know, <laughs> uh, 
sh shooting camera and, and editing video is my new instrument. So it's a really, really great part of the artistic expression of what we do. And, and uh, so, yeah, for, for younger people, uh, if you see that the trend of the future is video, which it is, then go there. You know, learn learn those things. Or it, most people can't just hire all the people. You know, these, right, right. These things cost money. So, but you can do on a very small budget really great things because content is king. And if you have uh, what you know is a great idea that needs to be heard and experienced by a lot of people, then it's your duty to bring that into fruition. Are you using, uh, for, for the techies that are listening that, that want to know, uh, Final Cut, uh, what, what are you using for, for video editing? What, what is your uh, video editing software package of choice? Uh, Final Cut. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a real, I'm a real Apple devotee, so Final Cut works for me. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is remind yourself from time to time, either over the course of, say, a four-hour booking or maybe just prior to starting each show, that you don't know what people in the audience might be dealing with or going through. Someone just might really need to hear a certain song you're going to perform that night, or a certain song might hold a certain meaning to someone. There will also likely be someone hearing your original songs for the first time. Bearing these things in mind will help keep you from just mailing it in and going through the motions. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. You know, it, 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 you're right. The, the, the new economy, as they call it, is uh, unfortunately there are not a lot of people who are just a guitar player in a band and that's it. You know, they are also making the band's videos or they are also, you know, insert role here. Uh, we talked, listeners, go back and check out, uh, well, I think it was episode 8 uh, with Dominic Pages, although he was also on, uh, again, on episode 56, but he talked about the new economy and, and having to do those kinds of things. Some people uh, become proficient at, at the console, uh, doing a little bit of the engineering. Um, so, you know, here's even Roger Fisher uh, attesting to the fact that you do have to wear uh, multiple hats. And interesting viewpoint, though, Roger, that you know, it, it, it may take away uh, from one of the others, but I, I would argue that in the case of Roger Fisher, who's been playing the guitar forever, I, I hardly see it impacting your skills. Yeah, my skills are good enough to impart the message of the song. <laughs> the, song the song is the dictator. We all uh, revolve around and bow to the song and do whatever it takes to get the song out there. Well, you know, one thing, talking about specific songs, uh, nowadays, you know, there, there's news headlines being made, you know, with things like Pandora and, and so many different platforms uh, where music is being introduced um, and, and, you know, the, the whole royalties concept. They, they say that two things that you should never talk about in public are religion and politics. And, and of course, I've had a handful of Christian artists on the show as guests, so that one's off the list. Uh, but... This week, there were reports of a lawsuit allegedly filed by REM against Donald Trump and Ted Cruz for unauthorized use of their song, It's the End of the World as We Know It, although the latest now is that it's a hoax, uh, the, the lawsuit. But it still brings up the question, you know, about, for instance, in 2008, John McCain and Sarah Palin used Barracuda. So what, what are your thoughts on all this, since obviously, you know, an artist does want to choose who their music is or isn't associated with, and, and as I said, you know, things like collecting royalties. Well, the thing about John McCain and Sarah Palin using Barracuda was, one, it was good for them. Two, it was good for Hart financially because it, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it gets that song out there more. Uh, so that's kind of a win-win there. Uh, 
to have anybody uh, use your product as a vehicle for their, uh, you know, for their uh, profit or whatever, for their gain against your wishes is, you know, that's rude and, and, uh, and wrong. But they didn't know that, that Anna Nance didn't want them to use it. Uh, and, and in a way, it's a compliment to the song. But <clears throat> it just really doesn't matter a whole lot to me because I, I see it as being more of a win-win situation. Right, right. And, and, you know, anybody can use anybody's song for for most purposes and not plagiarize uh or break the law they uh yeah so to me i just really don't care that much well but but wait but, a minute because if 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 a young artist is listening and and he or she says well that's great because i want to put out an album that has my version of barracuda on it and it's also going to have my version of tom sawyer by rush and it's going to have my version of panama by van halen uh you know, just 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 talk about that because um, you know, obviously there there can't be this this unfettered access to these songs that uh, that belong to the original copyright holder. Well, that happens every day, though. People put out different versions of uh, of other people's songs, and when it's unlicensed, uh, it's they are opening themselves up to legal attack. Right, but. There are so many people on on a very small scale doing this that you're never going to catch them all, and it doesn't matter a whole lot anyway because it only matters when it get, gets on a bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. But uh, any young artist wishing to do something like that, do your dil- due diligence, hire a lawyer, get the licensing worked out correctly, and expect uh, greater success. Uh, because you you've got all your ducks in a row, done everything right, and there's nothing to be <laughs> afraid of if you do achieve <laughs> absolutely, achieve absolutely. Success. Well, on a little lighter note, uh, Barracuda has also been used frequently as the lead-in for uh, the Rush Limbaugh show. Plus, Tony Robbins refers to that song as part of the turning point in his life. Back when that song was first being put together, did you have any kind of sense that it was going to go as big as it did? You know, by chance, was there, was there something in your gut that just felt like, wow, I, I, I think this is really going to do something? Yeah, when we were recording the Little Queen album, uh, everybody knew that Barracuda was really special. And... What an artist doesn't want to do in the studio is spend too much time on a song or a part because the the first three times you play something, you've got the spark of inspiration. But after that, you it's like the honeymoon is over and now you're just playing it over and over and you're not as juiced about it. So... We were aware of that mentality, but when it came to Barracuda, we just wanted it to really, really uh, be special. So we kept doing it, recording it over and over and over, fine-tuning this, fine-tuning that. Mm. But it didn't lose its spark of inspiration because we were all so fired up. <laughs> we, it was like it, it became a train that got more and more cars behind it and, <laughs> and had all this had all this momentum and energy that by the time we got the final take, everybody in the room knew it. And, and it was a, it was a, we knew we had really done something. Fantastic. I am Bruce Wozniak and joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from the Seattle area is singer, songwriter, guitar player, Roger Fisher. He is the founding guitarist of rock and roll hall of fame band heart Check out his official website at www.rogerfisher.com, F-I-S-H-E-R. And yes, he is on social media too. There are links on his website to connect with Roger on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, do purchase his music and keep up with Roger online and through his mailing list to see where and when you can see him perform live. Information about the music that we've been talking about, as well as his other new project, 
That will all be available through social media and, of course, rogerfisher.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, not the other one. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you very much. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. I've had a lot of great guests along the way so far over a year and a half now it's worth. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. And as I mentioned before, the big news of late, there is now an Instagram account just for this show. Please follow on Instagram at nowhearthisentertainment. There are pictures of guests being posted on there and pictures from right here inside Crystal Blue Sound Studios, some of the interviews that have been done in person. And certainly a big, big thanks always to those who are not first-time listeners, just continually grateful for all of you that are listening regularly. It's amazing seeing how many people and where you're from. Uh, Roger Hart, of course, as I've mentioned a couple times, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I was thrilled to have actually been there that night at the ceremony in, oh, in really? Los Angeles. Yes, yes. That's that's great. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that was uh, quite a night. <laughs> yeah, and, and amazing uh, the the way that things work out. That here we are a couple of years later talking to one another uh, on this show. Uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of debate always surrounds those those induction ceremonies. But I wonder for you is is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, and this is obviously just your opinion, but is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the highest honor that an artist can achieve? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, it is purely an award uh, uh, situation. It, it, it honors and celebrates rock and roll and the musicians involved. But... <clears throat> To say that that is greater than the honor uh, bestowed on a musician who actually performs to audiences, is, that would be wrong, I think. I think there's no greater honor than uh, for a musician to engage with those people that cause that musician to be able to perform. Mm which is the audience. So that relationship right there, that's the highest honor to me. Wow. Wow. Wonderfully said. Uh, I, I, I can't have you on the show without asking you to, to, to storytell a little bit. We, we were just talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I, I guess just kind of maybe um, one great heart story that has always stood out for you over the years, if, if you wouldn't mind indulging me and the listeners you know, there are so many great heart stories, uh, and there's a lot of clarification that really deserves hmm. to be out there. Go, go ahead. Uh, let's, let's, hear, let's hear a little bit of clarification. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to buy into that. Uh, that, that, is, that is subject matter that is really uh, close to the heart, and it's, it's, it's really guarded It'll come out in a book okay, that my brother okay. and I. Yeah, and and I just wanted to give you the platform if you wanted it. So it's it's. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here here we go. So yeah, we're my brother and I are writing a book called Bros, and it will talk about heart from a perspective that nobody's heard, and uh, it, it's going to be a really good revealing book. So, but a good heart story. Yes. There are so many of them. Uh, you know. A rock and roll band on the road. Oh, my God. These stories are... <laughs> you can't tell these stories, you know. But it's, it's, just, it's just so amazing to be on the road in a rock band where people will do pretty much anything to, to be part of, the, of what's going on. Uh, okay, just a, a little snippet. For instance, uh, Hart and Queen had back-to-back -back shows in St. Louis... I don't know. I'm not sure what year. Maybe '78, and uh, so both bands were in town, and we knew each other from <clears throat> uh, from 1975 when 
we were in London and played on uh, a TV show called The Old Grey Whistle Test. Hmm. And that night, coincidentally, Brian May was the host. So we became friends and, because he and Roger uh, really liked our band. And so we became friends. And then every time Queen would come to Seattle, they would come and visit us and we'd play pool and, you know, they'd, they'd come to our house and we'd hang out. Mm -hmm. So when we saw each other in St. Louis, uh, Brian took us to their sound check and sh showed us all his, his cool gear and stuff. And, uh, and then after our show, the following night, uh, both bands went to a nightclub. So imagine yourself in a nightclub in St. Louis and, <laughs> God, that, that looks like Freddie Mercury. Whoa, whoa, geez, there's, there's Ann Wilson. So both bands come into this nightclub and we're just drinking and partying and getting loose and, uh, <clears throat> I guess I can't tell all of what happened next, but, but, but just that scenario, I think, is enough to leave it to the listener's imagination yeah, as yeah. to what might have happened. So uh, that, but, that's a nice little... But suffice it to say, uh, live music was not performed there by, by either one of your bands. No, we were just the audience that day. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Well, um, we we are about out of time, Roger, but uh, I would be doing a disservice to those in my audience that, that you referred to earlier who are up-and-coming uh, performers, singers, songwriters, entertainers, heck, I, I guess even guitar players. If I didn't ask you for either, I would say, the biggest piece of advice you would give to them, or maybe for that matter, the best advice someone ever gave to you. okay. My advice is what matters most right now to you in this world. Uh, that's what you need to make your music about. It needs to be something that makes you cry. It needs to be something that means the world to you. Uh, write about that. And then when you perform that song, every time you perform it, Remember where it came from. And my project is all about evolution. I think that we're being presented, well, we've always been presented with all the challenges that we are presented with in, in our lives for centuries to rise above things and evolve. And when a species is unable to rise above certain things, they die off. We are about to die off. We are part of the fifth mass extinction that is happening. We are dying. And what can enable us to survive is our ability to act together as one, which, of course, isn't going to happen in the present scenario. So, to me, we need to help people understand that we need to get along. We can't be hostile and angry to each other. We have to embrace each other, support each other in the spirit of love and harmony. And we have to keep, keep at that, keep at that, keep at that and one by one lift our audiences and make them understand that the only way we're going to survive is by acting together. Divisiveness will not work. Well, and I and, love that message because we've talked on this show before about collaboration and, and, that, and that that's the proper word and instead of uh, instead of competition, too many musicians, it seems like too many artists nowadays, are too closed off because they view everybody as their competition when, in fact, everyone should be collaborating and coming together in the way that you're suggesting. Absolutely. At, after the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, we were up in a restaurant and uh, Quincy Jones was up there and uh, I was invited over to his table and I got to spend a few minutes talking with him and I talked about the fact that I had finally come to the realization of what I'm doing in music. And I told him something similar to what I just said, that mm -hmm. uh, I'm here to uplift and I'm trying everything in my power 
to do that. And I told him that, and then he just reached out and gave me this really deep hug mm. <laughs> that meant the world to me. And uh, that's, that's what we are, musicians, our soldiers in the trenches, fighting a war of what is sustainable for the world. And, uh, and, you know, not all musicians do that, but even if you're just talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll and entertaining your audience, you're at least uh, relieving them of the burden of their daily life, which is a good thing. So... Uh, yeah, you read, you read my I'm, mind because I was just going to say that, you know, there are sometimes, yes, there are, there are a lot of songs that people count on to lift them out of difficult times, to carry them through some burden that they're faced with every day. But there's also times when people just flat out want to go out and have a good time, and they're counting on those songs to be there for them to say, you know what, I was able to forget all my troubles and just go out and have a great time. And, and so it's a, it's a disappointment when an artist lays an egg and they say, boy, I was really counting on you to give me something good, and this is what you deliver? <laughs> Come on. Right. So the point I was making is don't look down on another group because they are obviously more banal and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they're not quite the lyricists that you are. Don't look down on them. Recognize that what they're giving is, is not less valuable than what you're giving. Yeah, that's a great perspective. It's it's, it's very good because it, it, the the temptation is exactly what you said just just to be uh, judgmental instead. Uh, we are going to close today, Roger, uh, with Barracuda. This is from the Raj and the Tribe Live One album. Uh, you mentioned before the date that this is recorded. Uh, I, I guess maybe just before we let you go, uh, where was it recorded, and, and anything else in general that you would like to say? about this song and or this version, this performance? Right. This was the second uh, performance that our band uh, has made, and it was uh, May 29th at the Northwest Music Hall in Everett, Washington. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but I think it's pretty good for a band's you know, second performance. And uh, it was the first performance with our new bass player. That's who I didn't mention earlier. <laughs> our bass, our, we have a, a, a relatively new bass player, Farko Dasumov uh, from Tashkent. Oh, what a monster musician. And I just feel like a brother to him in the way he performs. When he and I are on stage, we're, we're very much like each other. We look at, like each other in our... Uh, yeah, our concentration and our movements. But yeah, so this this show, uh, this this was our second show, and uh, and I'd love to hear your feedback uh, on RogerFisher.com. Please uh, let me know what you think of this album. Uh, we love it. Yeah, and listeners, I can tell you uh, when I shut my big yapper and, and we play this song for you, boy. You know, you mentioned Roger earlier when you were introducing the other members. Uh, you know, that this cello player got up there this night, uh, you know, when we were just playing at this small nightclub and, and, you know, you talked about her vocals on Barracuda and boy, oh boy, when you sent me this song, I was just blown away at, at, at what I heard when I was listening to it. So, uh, listeners, you're in for a real treat. And, and so thank you, Roger, that, that, uh, you're letting us have this song, uh, for the show and, and just, uh, my heartfelt thanks for your time today. I really appreciate you being here on now here, this entertainment. Well, Bruce, thanks for your uh, insightful uh, relationship here with your uh, your the people that you interview. It, your uh, your perspective and your tack of questioning and, and speaking was really good, and, and really it was really fun talking with you today. I do my best, but thank you very much. I do appreciate the kind words. That will do it. For this week's edition of Now Hear This Entertainment, my sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, legendary guitar player Roger Fisher. Do check out his website at www.rogerfisher.com and then engage with him on social media. That means like his Facebook page. It means follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like his videos on there. He just invited your feedback. Give him that through social media or through rogerfisher.com. And of course, do purchase his music and sign up for his mailing list to stay informed on. He's mentioned a couple different projects, uh, not even music specific. So stay informed on all things Roger Fisher. 
Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, speaking of giving feedback, and hopefully a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share, they call it repost episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel, all on nowhearthis.biz. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram, or send us a good old-fashioned email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Roger Fisher. It really needs no introduction. Here is the live version of him and the tribe doing Barracuda. Now, would you like the kind of uh, biblical tame version of the really wild racked out?